Perfect. Everybody okay. recording? Yes. yes. How are you doing, my fellow crackers? <laughs> oh, no. We're on Cracker Discourse. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay. We're going to get... Fucking get... De- not demoted. We're going to get deplatformed from Deep Buzzsprout. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> fuck. But no, in my opinion, the Cracker Discourse is weak because it does it does not put enough bodies in spaces which analyze the honky discourse. So enough <laughs> bodies in spaces should be looking at the honky versus Cracker Discourse as well. Because I believe one is a bit more derogatory than the other one. Yes. What does honky even mean? I, I have know. no idea. I just Honestly. heard it in like a porn movie <laughs> but once. It's a, it's a better word than Cracker, I think, personally. It? It's more fun to say. Okay. I mean, cracker is funny because you can always put up a picture of like, you know, the like a, a salty cracker and then just... Yeah, salty. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's a white guy says something you don't like, you can just put up a picture of a salty cracker. <laughs> I like it. But what, 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 does honky like imply that we look like donkeys or something? We. I'm not white. I'm Slavic. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, you get to opt out whenever you want to. The Turk blood in you prevents you from being white. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, that, 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 was too, that was horrible. That was literally that was, horrible. You're <laughs> underplaying the imperialist yeah. hell that my people yeah. have gone through. It is yes. typical for mm. somebody <laughs> who used to belong to the imperial Ottoman core, the way mm, you, yes. you Arabs were the white people of the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> and your yoke on the neck yeah. of the white man shall forever yes. be remembered. Yes, oh. yes, white genocide. White genocide no, like, like, is now. <laughs> f- f- fucking, fucking jokes aside, the jokes aside, uh, mm. I can absolutely see this argument being used by like some French right winger or whatever. Yeah, oh <laughs> my God, yeah. For sure, Jesus Christ. Oh my god, the cringe of them fucking going to North Africa and going to Berbers and be like, you guys are actually white. Uh, the <laughs> evil brown fucking Muslim Arabs, as if Ber- Berbers weren't fucking, right? It was the Berbers who led all the conquests in Europe from like Spain into southern France, and they were, I, I can promise you, very Muslim. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> stupid. But no, no, no the, the, before it was jokes. Uh, I, I do not consider the Slavic people to be white. No, it's fine if you do. <laughs> you're, you're, no, please, you're, give, give me, give me the privilege, baby. <laughs> Seriously, that, that I think that's how it is. It boils down to if you get the privilege of white guy, then you can be considered white. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. But me and Yugopnik, we we walk down the street, and they're gonna be like, okay, Yugopnik is selling crack, and I'm gonna blow something up. So. <laughs> Oh, exactly and probably one of uh, you, you're selling crack to me to sell to the good white people in order for me to sell the weapons to you from uh, evil Soviet Union we reselling the <laughs> weapons to the exactly. Arabs to sh- do the shooty shoot at the crackers yeah. you know and exactly and like right, yo yeah. bro how you doing man and he's like no nah, man I'm giving you some crack to sell to the crackers and I'm like yeah boy and I'm giving you some weapons to shoot at the crackers it's the united anti-cracker front up in here okay I'm feeling discriminated <laughs> against yeah, exactly you should be <laughs> uh, uh, I you know like I joke but I wish white genocide was a real thing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> What's going on, you lot? It's uh, episode nine, I think. Yeah, episode nine. We're talking about yes. chuds. We're talking about snakes <laughs> and, and that don't want to be stepped on. No step. Gonna, no, no step, step on, on snake. No step. <laughs> this episode's gonna be a mess. No, it actually is going to be a great episode in which we discuss the right wing in the U.S. and abroad. But uh, it pretty much all evolves around stepping on snake or not stepping on snake. <laughs> Fuck. No, I love I, this. This made me fucking lose my shit. 
the duality of, <laughs> duality of man. Either you are the snake or you're the foot doing the stepping. <laughs> oh, fuck. How do people take us fucking... How do people listen to this garbage? So, as an Eastern European, I know quite a lot about insurrections. In my very short lifespan, I've seen quite <laughs> a few. And it was quite surprising to look over in the big, beautiful, and not-so-beautiful, uh, but in very inflated West and see the January 6th topic being discussed all the time. Sometimes it's an insurrection, sometimes it's something which we should not be paying much uh, attention to. Well, it is a topic so widely discussed, uh, and I think pretty much every aspect of it has been touched at some point. Uh, the only two cents I'd like to throw at it is that uh, if that's the strength and power of the U.S. far right, taking selfies and, I don't know, stealing chairs after walking <laughs> into the Capitol, uh, then that far right, similarly to a lot of left-wing movements over there, is, uh, I am afraid to say, terminally online. Uh, mm -hmm. The backers of massive conspiracies, which led to January 6th, both in media and massively large capital, are probably both very happy with the outcome in some regards, because, you know, the libs really did get very scared about this whole thing and divided people up more, etc., etc. But they're also probably cringing and calling up their sponsors for explanations after they realize that all these movements they've propped up online don't really have the ability to translate their actions into the real world. I mean, sure, they've been radicalized, but they don't know how to use that radicalization uh, except, I don't know, go outside, get in a fight with the presume, presumed left-wingers, record that shit, and, you know, grow their online following. They're stuck in this loop of preserving the very neoliberal order people like, I don't know, Steve Bannon or uh, the Murdoch family and so on are intent on moving further right by being the eternal scapegoat the liberals are always looking for in their incredibly simplistic uh, understanding of, you know, how the, the world works. Uh, the right, like the Proud Boys and QAnon that we're going to be talking uh, about or touching at least on or stepping on their snacks in this episode, <laughs> have uh, also been massively infiltrated by the uh, FSB, I mean the CA, I mean the FBI. Um, man, Putin, dude, move away, man. I, I'm confusing the agencies. Yeah. Uh, it has, um, so, uh, yeah, they, they have been put obviously right-wing movements in the U.S., uh, and it's been proven in Britain about massively in mainstream media as well. They've been put in, under so much surveillance that, that their use of, uh, their use as an instit anti-institutional tool at this point is kind of, in my modest opinion, partially gone. Uh, one can argue that they were never, you know, really truly anti-institutional at all. And I would agree for example, in contrast, uh, I don't know, the European right, not just in Eastern Europe, is often, you know, the opposition to the government status quo. But in the US, one can argue there is no opposition because the two parties regularly switch places. So a lot of these movements see that uh, the only way to ensure political relevancy, they have to hitch a ride with one of the two parties, making them completely useless in the long run for any sort of political change, even if you're a right-winger. So whatever angle you look at it, 
the right winger intentionally or not is a tool of the status quo and that's not quote unquote undermining its power oh my god class uh, what the fuck do they call me uh, for, not me but people um, class reductionist. Uh, class reductionist. No, it's just stating the fact that, uh, thank you, JT, that the machinery, which is capitalism, the bodies and souls it churns in and out every day on a global, international scale, is like Cthulhu compared <laughs> to right wing white insurrectionists, which is a kind of a smaller, less intelligent brother of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <clears throat> uh, this this kind of the, the general talk about you know uh, this weird quote unquote third positionism or, or fascism uh, as it emerges is number one always funny to me because you hear them and usually um, they kind of fall into the two weird camps either they're kind of just they're always anti-communist right but there's one small camp of them which is like oh yeah you know we want capitalism as it is blah blah, blah. and then there's another camp which is like against communism and capitalism but they still uh, maintain every capitalist institution because um, it's impossible. So, uh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But something that I'm always, like, uh, struck by, uh, especially by these movements, is how pathetic and, uh, like, I don't want to say theory poor, but more, like, um, undeveloped uh, ideologically they are compared to the originals of the 1920s and 1930s. Even those weren't very highly uh, developed themselves. So it just goes to show the, the poverty of, of, the, of thought when it comes to mm-hmm. um, modern fascism. Uh, and the very, <laughs> the biggest irony... <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of that picture. It's a, it's like a 13 year old on Discord. He's like, oh, I look Prussian as fuck. <laughs> like the, the the irony of them is that they're basically most of them are like American mutts or fuck. Yeah. They basically have this or that blood quantum bullshit that would basically disqualify them <laughs> um, uh, from being Aryan in any any way, shape, or form. Um, and also simultaneously, they embrace many of the artistic trends and types of clothing, music, and whatnot that would have been considered ooh, quote unquote Jewish and tra- degenerate, um, modern and modernist quote unquote uh, by the original Nazis and other fascist trends. So it just shows it to be a kind of a uh, confused, I, if I could use that word, a confused ideology in which the traditions that they kind of draw their inspirations from, uh, they have no connection to. They have no real solid analysis besides, oh, the Jews, <laughs> you know, or, or fucking, oh, brown or black people or, you know, oh, the yellow people fucking over there, uh, immigrants and, you know, women, oh, they're going to bring down our modern Roman, Roman Empire. <laughs> fucking, and this is what they do. fucking their women, like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> the fucking, it's a picture of a fucking, it's, it's a picture of a station wagon with like a VHS uh, fucking uh, pattern on top of it and it's like, this is what they took away from you, white man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them stay step on you <laughs> no uh, step no step on snake this is what they took yeah, from you. <laughs> master race my ass like every single shield carrying neo-nazi chud looks like he just got off like a three-day hearts of iron binge he's still covered in <laughs> cheeto dust he's like uh, they'd all be considered degenerates by yeah. those nazis that they idolize yeah very much so and i think uh again yeah like it just ties to the fact that uh, to the fact that yeah the, the general uh ideological perspective that they come from is very um incoherent both with the uh, original that they tried to emulate and with their modern analysis or more lack thereof really Uh, generally their coherence is 
a, a, a unity in what they dislike more than unity on what principles kind of bring them together. Um, like I mentioned before, you know, uh, we don't, like, they don't understand class struggle. They don't understand con contradiction. They just, like I mentioned, oh, brown people, black people, women, oh, fuck you, Jews, this, this shit. Um, and that's kind of the end all and be all of their uh, garbage analysis. Exactly. And because they, they constantly jump from one hoop to another on what thing to ally against, uh, it used to be their strength for a, quite a long time and is to this day partially to attract as many people as possible. But it's getting sillier and sillier what mm. they're actually, you know, getting together around. They're supposed to be these hyper-hierarchical, hyper-masculine, return-to-tradition type of people. <laughs> and and now, and, uh, and the main thing in the last three, two years that they've been amassing their movement around is, Mommy, Mommy, they step on my snack by giving me <laughs> mask to wear inside of supermarket. Like, mm. <laughs> it, it, you know, they could back in the day, you know, they would find, uh, for example, an invented story of a black man did something to white woman. And then like, oh, you know, it's uh, the the black man is being used by the Jew to hurt uh, our race, etc. Et et uh, so whatever the mainstream reactionary way of thought is at the time. But as they're losing out on um, points of view and arguments, etc., etc., as the world is getting at least a bit socially more progressive, even though one can argue not really. They're just uh, keeping it at home, but uh, inside of their own doors. Uh, but um, as the world is getting spontaneously a bit more socially progressive, they are clamoring to get whatever sort of argument they can use, and it's getting more and more silly, you know? Yeah. You're talking about no, fucking uh, toilets and masks and yeah. shit like that. No, no, no. Back in the day, it was all oh, the Jews control our uh, uh, financial institutions. Nowadays, they say pretty much the same. The Jews control financial institutions. But that's kind of like a secondary analysis. The primary analysis is um, <laughs> they, re they reduced the bus size of a female video game character. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a picture. It's like, this is what they took away from you, white man. Why pixel lady tits. no pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's so stupid. <laughs> like, oh, how are you say, see no lady, no pretty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that, bro. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. Actually, there's an idea I want to bounce off of you guys. I want, I want to see if you guys agree. Personally, um, fascism as a movement kind of doesn't exist here, uh, like where, where I'm at. Um, and uh, from what I've personally seen from the, the U.S., generally um you know kind of just like i'm this floating eyeball above it fucking observing you through whatever fox news and the cnn decides to uh, throw uh, into the garbage of ideology but what i see generally is there's a lot of young men young men i mean like teenagers basically right um with weird ideas of masculinity and they themselves are insecure in their masculinity maybe they feel like they want to prove themselves in their masculinity or i don't know fucking they got rejected by the girl that they want to fucking go to a dance with i don't know what it is exactly but because of this weird in like insecurity that they have about themselves and their manliness if you want to say it that way um it forces them to kind of try to affirm that manliness and usually that comes out in very uh, cringy hyper militaristic fetishization you see it in the um like examples that come to mind is fucking like the cod types and <laughs> the shots that like wear all SWAT gear to a protest. yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's hard to actually say because it, I'm actually physically so cringed out. 
but but yeah, it's the fuck. It's the fucking what's it called? The um. Oh lord, uh, the thumb looking the, people. The, the, no, no, not the thumb. The, the, the fucking the YouTube videos about the fucking ooh Nazi miracle weapon. Fucking the pop history shit oh, and yeah. how they fucking uh-huh. love this. And it's like if only Hitler won. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what they took away from you, white man. <laughs> yeah, uh... it's a picture of the fucking. Have you seen that meme? <laughs> Where is? It's like a fucking pole. It, uh, I don't remember what it was. It's like a. Uh, the, the fucking the shoe of of, of some cartoon character or something. fuck what was that meme? It literally is. It's like oh they 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 re- they basically redrew some fucking kids cartoon character. Um, and they changed one aspect of their of their drawing, right? And uh, an article. <laughs> we used to be a basically. country, a real country. <laughs> yeah, it's this, it's about <laughs> such stupid shit. But yeah, my my point the, the TLDR. Sorry, I got off track. Is I think what I've seen is. Young dudes, kind of insecure in their masculinity, try to affirm their man- masculinity by fetishizing militaristic societies and military ideas, war, shit like that, and violence, and the American acceptance of violence against, quote-unquote, lesser nations and minorities and shit like that, um, kind of really lends its hand to the the, the, <laughs> the COD-playing anime-watching 16-year-old that watches the aforementioned yeah. pop history videos on, on the miracle weapons. What do you guys think about that idea? Yeah, it is interesting. In the States especially, we have, and I don't want to seem unkind or anything, but like it is a particular type of young male that is attracted to this ideology. It's usually like a scrawny, uh, very awkward, um, but outspoken online kind of dude. And he's not, he feels this cognitive dissonance between what he sees uh, on TV, like these big, burly, uh, Chris Pratt army guys and then there's him, who's like 130 pounds soaking wet and can't can't <laughs> lift a gun to save his life. So there's this this dissonance that he feels like, well, I know I want to be this ideal of the this American Ubermensch, and <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know why it's it's just that type of person that that it appeals to. Maybe there are like big burly right wing dudes out there, but I, you don't typically see them like the ones carrying the shields and the flags and wearing mm-hmm. the the helmets with the the off brand GoPros to protest and stuff are uh, are always <laughs> the kind of chinless dweeby <laughs> Cheeto dust covered mm-hmm. weirdos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, okay, the Amazon the Amazon's basic uh, fucking rifle attachments. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they even have Amazon basic rifle attachment, but yeah, you get what I mean. I wouldn't be um, surprised. I live in, a, I would argue, a insanely hyper-masculine, even to a point like toxically masculine type society over here in Eastern Europe. That's why a lot of Westerners sometimes, uh, Western right-wingers fetishize us as this sort of uh, place in the world where the white man has still preserved his dominance they of be- they beat the minority their wives, and his wife, you know, based wife <laughs> beater. He step, uh, not step on snack, but step on wife head. Uh, but... Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, geez, that was bad. Uh, I do not apologize. That was fucking hilarious, okay? Uh, keep this fucking in. Um, oh, fuck. oh, yes. So, as somebody who, who has experienced it throughout my youth and experienced it to this day, where you can very much so not, if you at least go out, you will see physical altercations at least once, two, three, four times a week. Um 
And now some posh uh, Croatian dude in the comments is like, no, man, what are you talking about? Yeah, you don't see it because you live up on the hill, bro. But um, <laughs> I can tell you very directly as somebody who has been to the States and has lived in the States and has been for not a long time, but uh, four, five, six months is a decent enough period of time to kind of understand the mentality and the social circle that uh, exists over there and has also been to the so-called weekend cocked uh, Western Europe. I can tell you very, very directly that... Uh, the subclass, cultural subclass over there that most fetishizes hypermasculinity and stuff has not actually experienced it the way, for example, I have met quite a few uh, Americans that did live in extreme poverty and in parts of town that are not very fucking welcome. Well, those would um, not just live well, maybe even prosper over in this hyper-masculine part of the world that I'm at, but uh, the, the shield-carrying truds and thumbs uh, would not uh, fucking be and let into the bar, let alone allowed to assert their uh, dominance over anybody else. So I'm just telling you from first first uh, person experience that uh, what they are fetishizing as uh, a sort of ideal uh, hyper hierarchical world which returns to masculinity as cliche as it is and as much as we're making fun of it they literally would be at the bottom of the fucking food chain so yeah. uh, it's a bit it's a bit sad but a more important point to make here and I'm sorry if I'm dragging it out is that the left kind of misses out on its opportunity to present itself as an empowering tool and sometimes very often it could be for young men that feel like they have been ostracized from society and pushed uh, into the corner but not empowering the way the fascist sells him that uh, empowerment is being able to step on the neck of someone else and only be stepped by somebody who deserves to step on you uh, but uh, empower them by actually actually helping them understand the way the world works and helping them understand who is actually exploiting them and who is actually stepping on them every fucking morning they wake up and go to the job that they hate and empower mm. them to see our movement as a uh, method through which they can actually uh, raise themselves up and get out of this feeling of inadequacy and weakness and I absolutely agree, yes, the left should be sought, we should be accepting, etc., etc. But there is room in the left for uh, the heavy-handed fist as well. And I think this kind of, like, not to derail this conversation, so just a, uh, a quick uh, side note. The idea of a soft left, uh, I don't like the term soft because it implies that being inclusive is in some way um, uh, lesser or inferior or... Um, undesirable, like there's a connotation to it. Maybe that's just because of me not being a native English speaker, but uh, the uh, general perception of the, or the way the left uh, acts in the vast majority of the world is an interesting mix of uh, inclusivity as well as what people would consider this heavy-handed um, masculinity as well. Yeah, like if you were to talk to a Marxist in my part of the world, for example, a lot of them are uh, fairly like 
traditionally quote-unquote masculine, manly men, if you even want to call it that. But also, they have that inclusive aspect to them. So Because it always, I don't like the dichotomy that the right sets up where, oh, you know, the, the fascists or the right-wingers are, you know, oh, prim and proper and tall and built and fucking, you know, and perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect fucking uh, their snacks uh, job. Their snacks don't get stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> perfect fucking jawlines that can fucking cut steel when most of them barely have a fucking chin. Uh, let yep. alone a uh, fucking foot to stand on. But uh, the and and then they they paint the left as oh you know they're multi hair color hair disabled uh, trans as by the way as if that's a bad thing which it isn't yeah okay, fuck fuck right like it's already f- fucked up but uh, just the 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 depiction is not only ridiculous and complete bullshit which is completely outside the realm of reality but the very fact that there is this inclusive aspect of our movement um, is in an, a strength in and of itself. Um, but at the end of the day, nothing precludes that disabled transgender person from also being um, masculine the way that they would want to present themselves or, or, or feel for themselves. Nothing prevents them from being personally strong, either mentally, psychologically, physically. Um, it's People aren't so simple, right? Um, exactly. But... The biggest uh, like meme uh, of, of the Proud Boy and and, and the, this joke of a fucking movement was uh, the second that the United States started clamping down, clamping down on my God, they, they arrested just a handful of people and then all of a sudden their um, membership fell from like 200,000 to like 10K or something. <laughs> like this is the, right? Pathetic. These are, the, ooh, the big burly men who are not afraid of the government. Fucking you will not replace us. All that bullshit, no. all that fucking theater. And then when it actually came time to put your, your, your fist where your mouth is or your ass where your mouth is. I don't know what the fucking English saying is. You know what I mean? Your money where your, your, money where your dick is. You know? <laughs> Whatever. That's right? it. Yep. <laughs> when, it came to the, when it came down to the wire, another thing that I don't understand that Americans say, <laughs> basically, they fucking... They, they, tucked t- their tail between their legs and they fucking ran where was the grandstand yeah. or the fucking hills of 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 of, of uh the the uh capital <laughs> the the capital hill where was it? The, the hills of the capital hill of uh, on capital fuck me you know what i'm trying to say um <laughs> where was hard. any of that it was um but uh there was all that kind of evaporated and what you ended up with is these formerly terminally online people that had their I don't know, day in the sun by fucking taking a selfie uh, in front of a painting then basically went back home and then were f- scared for their lives that ooh the government's gonna fucking find them and arrest them and, and tell their parents what they've been up to <laughs> 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 right it's uh, yeah it's, it's <clears throat> maybe a stupid tangent but JT I have a, I have a actual serious theoretical, theoretical question for you mm. There is a phenomenon amongst the American right that I cannot for the life of me understand. And I was hoping maybe your American perspective can, can, can shed some light. What is with all the Nazi furries? <laughs> yeah. Can you it's, actually... it's, I, it's weird. I've, I've thought about that myself. And it's interesting you see this dichotomy. You've got these, these weird right-wing people who see anything that's a departure from the norm, you know, mm-hmm. so they'll say um, whatever historic norm that is, usually it's it's something like ancient Greece or Rome, they'll say, oh, this person has purple hair. They are a degenerate. Mm. And then they'll engage in these things that would, like even people on the left sometimes consider strange, like, mm. like being a furry. Mm. And... I think it goes back to the cognitive dissonance thing. They're so uncomfortable in their own skin, mm. and they're attracted to things they don't want to be attracted to. And so they it's like the uh, the 80s businessman who's super violent against uh, gay people, and then it turns out he's a gay guy. Like it's, mm. it's, I think it's a lot of it's projection. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, a lot of it's discomfort at not matching the standard that they have been fed their entire life. They, you know, they watch Black Hawk Down, and they're like, "I'm not like that guy. I want to be like that guy, but I'm not." So that means I'm, I'm inferior and they keep that to themselves and they internalize it and it just creates this this negative feedback loop where they go seeking validation online mm. and where they find that is in just the cesspools of the internet yeah no i, I that's actually a very solid con- i went to that question half joking actually but you <laughs> I, <laughs> I gave like, it my best shot <laughs> yeah but no you never cease to amaze happy <laughs> oh shucks you got Nick, what do you have to say about this? If nothing, you know, the man uh, knows his furries. Maybe there's a bit about JT that we don't know. Fucking resident furry um, expert. The big brown bear uh, Hitler mm. costumes uh, buried yeah. in his basement. Never. Please know. don't draw me as a skunk or something. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yu Hakim said that there's. Uh, so we know that there's a massive right wing in the. In the West, especially in the U.S., but uh, different types that are developing also in the European Union. But you said that they're they're not at, you could not define something necessarily overtly fascistic uh, in your part of the world, which is interesting because they very often find a lot of ground to feed on and to spread after massive conflicts and you know Iraq maybe literally the biggest <laughs> conflict in the last time I don't fucking know so uh, it's interesting that they're not spreading or maybe they are but it's sold underground etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's, I guess it's a bit different like the way it would for example in the Middle East versus in the Balkans versus in France or Germany versus in I don't know in Argentina and in uh, Wisconsin you know yeah and 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 uh... The conversation gets very complicated and, and, and like there's a lot of nuance to it. There's fundamental difference, of course, in, in or, or difference, excuse me, uh, in, in uh, the way quote-unquote colonial countries or imperial periphery countries experience these things and the imperial core countries do uh, or the countries that were previously um, uh, colonialist countries um, that now have just kind of found themselves comfortable in the current new colonial and imperialist order um, as mostly either settler colonial states or countries that used to kind of dish out colonialism. Um, the, For example, I can give the, the, the Arab example or the West Asian North African example, and that is it's never so simple as to say there's a right and a left here because what are what can be considered to be a leftist quote-unquote policy or, or position uh, can be found amongst some right-wing groups and some right quote-unquote uh, wing position can be found among left-wing groups. And I think the easiest example to give about this is, for example, a lot of what people would consider to be quote-unquote right-wing groups, uh, which is, again... The, the, the right-to-left dichotomy is so inadequate to explain political phenomena that uh, it's kind of a meme. Even Yeah, the, yeah, the, I know you're point. an intellectual. Oh, the compass <laughs> is shitty. Come on, fucking endorse my question. <laughs> but, 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 to, to, give, to give an example of what I'm saying, for example, you can think of Hezbollah to, uh, as, as one in which they have you would say or you could consider some of their social positions to be quote-unquote right-wing. But they do have an anti-imperialist stance. They do have a, I would dare say, greater connection with the working people of Lebanon, for example, than most other political power, uh, parties or, or groups that exist within Lebanon. Uh, I would say even more so than the Lebanese Communist Party itself, if you actually do the reading of the history a bit in that, in that regard. And that would be a left-wing position, despite it being a quote-unquote right-wing group. And there are some quote-unquote left-wing groups with weird right-wing uh, uh, perspectives. This is, of course, this depends on if, if you... 
Like there are certain liberal groups, okay, which is fucking cancerous. This, is, this cancerous uh, uh, westerns sucking up to the West garbage. Um, but they may ha- be quote unquote left on some social positions. You know, maybe LGBT rights or uh, something. That's to, very interesting. You know. Yeah, yeah, because I, I have. Yeah, yeah go sorry. On. I was gonna say there. The, 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 I was gonna say there must. There probably is a parallel with you in in the Balkans. I was like gonna hand it off to you. <laughs> exactly. It's very interesting, and because. JT, we're kind of stealing it from you guys. There's a lot of um, Democrat Party, Democratic Party-like um, uh, movements starting to prop up, which uh, mm. present completely, incredibly free market-oriented, uh, ultra-right economic uh, policies. But they, but they spice, spice them up uh, with uh, ideas uh, which fall in line with uh, social progressivism or whatever, you know, women's rights, uh, abortions, uh, you know, minority rights, etc., etc. It's like, I don't know, uh, abortions for everyone, but they cost like two houses. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, especially a lot of progressive people, socially progressive people tend to vote for them because there's no actual uh, left-wing alternative which can uh, promise them a, um, which cannot promise them both a, a social and economic program which they would uh, agree with as well as uh, as these uh, you know developing quote-unquote countries are getting uh, wealthier you have a bigger and bigger uh, middle social class because remember kids that's not an economic class uh, and um, they are becoming a bigger bigger body which might actually vote for parties like this it, mm. but it's also interesting how an export is happening the other way around towards uh, the U.S., but more from Western Europe, but it also happens in Western, in, uh, in Eastern as well, of right-wing parties of what Hakim previously talked about with the sort of weird third position in which they are trying to uh, both pitch the traditional nuclear family structure, etc., etc., and, you know, what is defined by uh, the Western mind as conservative values, but also sprinkle in it a complete rejection of the of the free market and sort of the idea of uh, class solidarity, but only amongst those of the same breed, the same color, or the same uh, cultural slash uh, religious uh, identity. And this kind of global interaction between different types of uh, right-wing uh, what right-wing movements, which Hakim would say, oh, but that's confusing, you know, this doesn't actually work, there's no right or left. I mean, there, I know this, that's not what he said. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, it's kind of molding it into, into something new and in some parts of the world into something uh, which I would argue is weaker than the right-wings that came before. But uh, in other parts of the world, in movements which uh, manage to manipulate even well-intentioned people over to uh, to their side, but uh, as people are getting more and more, uh, you know, socially and sometimes even economically progressive, uh, we will see them kind of parasite as much as possible from left-wing movements as well, but. The reason I'm optimistic in our victory is because they will never be able to address the one core thing, which is class conflict. That is mm-hmm. what makes them reactionary and what makes them, uh, at the end of the day, a truly institutional institutional and not anti-institutional movement, which serves the status quo and never actually actually fights it. 
So any listener that might have stumbled on this podcast and uh, identifies as a right-winger for one reason or another because it empowers him as an anti-institutional and anti-status quo individual, trust me, my man, uh, probably you're a man like him. I'm not going to even go <laughs> anywhere else. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not empowering. You are the definition of uh, a leech's leech that leeches on a leech. And that's all you'll ever uh, live up to unless, obviously, it's never too late to change your stance and uh, pick up a book, but more importantly, actually grow a fucking heart, you know? Yeah, this really ties into a point that I think... Um it's important because it's not really uh, like discussed um, enough when it comes to these these sort of positions. When you see a fascist or like there a person uh, espouses that ideology, you have to remember the at its core, like um, Yukopnik said, it's a class collaborationist um, ideology. In that it thinks, oh, you know, there's no ruling class and and those that are being ruled, there's no working class. Instead, it's just us, the nation, the whites. Ooh. Um, against some fucking mythical enemy, whoever it is, uh, this fucking day in this fucking minute. But at the end of the day, um, not to, not to beat the Lenin quoting uh, horse to death, but uh, fascism is capitalism in decay, and that is the poignancy of that of that quote. If that even, if that even is a fucking word I'm using correctly, uh, the poignancy. accuracy of it is is. Um, actually really beautiful because that is what it is uh capitalism decays and as a result the capitalist class gets desperate and then they usually start the the uh, as as history has proven this, it was in spain in italy in germany in romania uh and everywhere else where fascism became a thing um the ruling class is desperate and then they want they handpick some strong man with some bullshit fucking bullying group um be it the the sa or the brown shirt or the black shirt or whoever else into a position of power and then they directly support them with funding and propaganda and whatnot with the fundamental uh core being our wealth or uh, status or power it will remain untouched um, and uh, this facade of, of, of uh, democratic freedoms and, and human um, liberty and and uh, rights and all that kind of just uh, evaporates and melts away to reveal the true ugly face of capitalism which is uh, the inherently fascistic one um, but more importantly I think is tying it back to the beginning how is it <laughs> that these 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 well, these kids and bandanas and the aforementioned Amazon basic rifle attachments, how are they linked to this 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 decaying of capitalism? Uh, and uh, I think that's a fun conversation to enter and JT can probably build up uh, a lot on it, but let me just give the preliminary thought that I have, which is this. They see the collapse of the uh, of Pax Americana, if you want to call it that, the, the American world order around them. Uh, they, they see that their nation is slowly but surely getting weaker and weaker as each uh, year passes by. Their influence get, is reduced. Their re- prestige and respect in the world is reduced. They look at their direct um, uh, material uh, improvement in life and see that it's not an improvement but in fact it is a de-development almost it is uh, a reduction in uh, wages and purchasing power um, and and, and uh, opportunities and then they look at this and think there must be an explanation but they are not equipped with the appropriate materialist analysis um, and, and uh, of course class consciousness so instead of viewing the appropriate explanation for why things are the way they are they look at some 
vague and easily uh, identifiable scapegoat, uh, which can either be the historic enemy, which is uh, the Jews, or it can be whoever um, is quote-unquote threatening the border at this fucking moment. It could be uh, Haitians or Mexicans or Guatemalans or ooh, Muslims or whatever the fuck, right? And it really is uh, kind of funny that even if they lack material uh, analysis, they are not exempt from having materialities affect their understanding of the world. And that's just a great irony of it. But JT, what do you have to say? Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, obviously, economic uncertainty does play a role for the average right winger. I mean, they're suffering to the same extent that the lefties are or the centrist or whomever. And they've got this cognitive dissonance about how the U.S. is the greatest place on earth and that anyone can succeed if they work hard. Well, but their shitty roofing business is failing, so it must be a Jewish conspiracy, right? <laughs> um, they're also seeing their buddies get slapped on the wrist for, for the Jan 6 thing. Um, mm. There have been, I think, like 700 arrests for the riots, and that's arguably the first time the far right has uh, ever really suffered the consequences of their actions. Mm. And the result of this, of course, is them screeching about government persecution and then going even further down the QAnon rabbit hole. So mm. it's kind of a self-reinforcing cycle, um, which is frustrating uh but it makes sense i mean if they they've had kind of carte blanche to to run around and and cause chaos and havoc around the country for for a number of years now and it's Mm. gone unaddressed and so even the the tiniest amount of pushback from from whatever government agency uh feels like a massive crisis for their movement you know actually uh sorry to to just kind of interject here but i remember reading this fucking insane thing that as we speak like at any given moment there are a minimum of like 30 to 50 groups around the United States that have uh, amassed arms and basically have public they are publicly uh, announced to the world that they undergo basically training in hopes of overthrowing the current American government far right groups mm-hmm. right yeah. and they exist all across the United States and they're not touched or at the very most they're oh lightly surveilled but like nothing really happens to them can you imagine if there are 50 groups around the United States armed groups uh, of of Marxists or leftists who are actively trying to <laughs> overthrow the American state. What would happen to those people? <laughs> like, those you don't have would to imagine it happened. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. Yeah, there's a reason they don't exist now. It's because all of them are fucking grinded dust. Um, yeah. And JT, actually, I think this is a, a neat segue. Why, why do you think it is that the American state is so docile when it comes to these these far right groups why do you think they come um they're so complacent or or they they placate Mm -hmm. them so much why do you think that is i think a lot of it has to do obviously you know our perspective would be that they serve the same interests right the far right and the american government are, are are bedfellows um but i think another part of it is that we're pretty fortunate here in the united states that the far right our particular flavor of fascism um, is completely intellectually bankrupt. They have no theory of change. Um, like, what did the Jan 6 riot accomplish? You were trying to overthrow the government to do what? To keep the dude who thinks you're a moron in power, right? The generic 80s grifter businessman who's only in it to enrich himself. That's not a revolution. That's called being a cuck, my guy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what these people do. They're, they're, they're at, at base, they're dumb, They've been swindled. They've been had. They've been taken by a dude who who likes to to pretend and write silly stories under a a Q pseudonym on 4chan or 8chan Mm. or whatever it was. So I think the state does not see them as a whole 
as some kind of revolutionary threat to the status mm-hmm. quo. They understand that what they want is basically maintenance of the status quo mm. with some, you know, some lip service to, you know, white culture and yeah. uh, conservative values and things like that. But they don't really want anything to change. So I think that's why they're not really cracking down super hard on it. They don't want to kick the hornet's nest. They know these people are kind of, they're on the same team, uh, whereas the left, the communists, they have always been public enemy number one, and they will always be cracked down on much more heavily. Yeah, for sure. And I think also something that's neat to to mention also uh, is that when it comes to these, um, the the, the far right and how the United States government and other institutions are very kind of kind to them is because at the end of the day, these far right groups and fascist groups they intrinsically share the patriotic belief in in the in the you know origin myth of the United States, right? Yeah. Of its uh, supposed greatness and manifest destiny, and its right to be to complete superiority and uh, supremacy in the world, and all this kind of nonsense. Um, and this really ties into also the very fact that for the American military and American police, the far right is an amazing repository. Um, mm-hmm. The vast majority. Of, of these uh, institutions, uh, you know, ones of, again, uh, fetishization of authority and violence and uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, tend to recruit uh, or at least have a uh, tolerance of far-right beliefs. And many of the members that make up, for example, military uh, and, for, exa- for example, also police, um, there's a report that was released actually, uh, I think, two years back now um, about the, the, the patterns of, of actual like fascist not actual far right uh positions and 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 uh group members within american police and how extensive it was and there's another point to kind of add into the entire mix that at the end of the day even though like jt said they don't want to kick the hornet's nest because of the aforementioned things but also because uh they'd be kicking their own security forces and and <laughs> uh you know um <laughs> enforcers of, of of capital uh as well at at the same time A very specific thing about the U.S., right, which uh, causes them to have a uh, crisis of identity, which we're pretty much uh, explaining here, is as compared to, for example, the German Nazi, the identity there was that we are an underdog, which was humiliated during World War II, even though we are the Ubermensch Mm. and we will rise and we will show everyone what we really are. But the problem there in the U.S. is is that the U.S. is currently the world's most powerful government and the most powerful state mm. that has ever existed in the history of humankind. So the, the, the fascist does not actually have a big enough uh, enemy to uh, rile the people against. Obviously, they invent them constantly, but it's not large enough to uh, attract uh, mainstream uh, belief because mm. a lot of these people do not care enough about politics in general to uh, be able to join, to, to want to join, be it a left or a right movement. Uh, and this, again, this internal discrepancy that uh, they're fighting for something which has been lost yet still they live in the wealthiest country in the world should lead them to a mentality of, okay, if there's so much wealth, why am I not getting almost any of it? And then they should have a material analysis and come to a conclusion every normal person uh, ends up doing and becomes uh, a, a Marxist or something similar. 
but because they do not come to the conclusion, they are constantly in this ideological limbo out of which they cannot uh, get out of because they continuously refuse to look at the class dichotomy which is right in front of them. And I just feel very sorry and it feels like it's uh, a schizophrenic sort of uh, life experience to be constantly uh, against something which should very often doesn't even exist and to be constantly looking for the solution of a very real problem in uh, something that doesn't exist like chasing ghosts your entire life mm. being a right winger is in in a way a very pathetic sort of uh, weak measly existence because it uh, does not want to deal with reality it's it's a larp it's a continuous larp Mm, with their little uniforms and their little parades and their little marches and their little salutes and their little slang terms and their little clubs and their little bands that they listen to to in little garages usually under their mom's (laughs) house it's 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 just so depressing there's nothing Mm. uh everything that it promises that it will give you as a movement and ideology really doesn't it's pathetic Please, okay. You're you're telling me they don't have theory. They read the Warhammer books, all right. <laughs> they play Fallout. <laughs> but you know, it really says a lot about a. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but it really says a lot about a, a uh, the society that they're encultured in. That when they see the fact that they're not reaping benefits from their work in the society, their first idea isn't that hey, we as a working class should all get a bigger. Like, we should actually get the value of our worth. Instead of thinking the working class should, they think, hey, we white people should get the um, yeah. value of our worth. Fuck those. You know, despite the fact, like, for example, all of almost all of agricultural work in the United States, um, especially the underpaid one, is done by illegal immigrants or migrant workers and shit like that, usually of Hispanic origin and stuff. Like, you know, like, it's it's so... Yeah. It gets, it gets very tiring because it's they're so um, audacious in how wrong they are basically Mm -hmm. exactly so very interestingly kind of we touched on this before is that uh, these right wingers which believe for themselves that they are uh, the new dawn of uh, western civilization end up being used as scapegoats and uh, these uh, you know baba yagas as we like to call them in my (laughs) part of the world of uh, for the for the liberal elites to kind of constantly point at and scare you know the suburban uh, suburban mothers uh, from as you know the quintessential threat to the western way of life uh, in, in an ironic way the people who constantly espouse that they are the defenders of the western way of life are the ones that scare the liberals as the potential destroyers of that very same ideal of uh, Americanhood and these quote-unquote liberal uh, liberal ideals which have never at the end of the day one could argue even uh, been achieved so we see this tell me guys what you think about this little theory of mine but we see these uh, two Americas or two Canadas or two uh, Englands where there is a liberal class which misses the good old days that never existed that is fighting the conservative class which misses the good old days that have never existed and in this shit sandwich in the middle 
are the Marxists that are screaming at both sides and are telling them to uh, be a bit more rational a bit about this uh, whole situation. But as the bun, the two buns from the top and the bottom keep getting bigger and bigger, the patty, the actual meat keeps getting smaller and smaller and we end up living in a kind of shittier economy and shittier uh, environment for, for all three of the groups. Uh, it's no longer, you know, just the right that is trying to preserve something against left-wingers, but now it's the uh, liberal uh, status quo that is also uh, trying to fight uh, the the left on change. And indirectly, the, the right is fueling them with, with arguments on this big bad enemy that is coming to take it away from them. And everyone who does not ally with them, such as, for example, the Bernie bros or the radical communists, etc., etc., are allowing this spread of white supremacy to take over the country. You know, we must unite on something a bit more pragmatic and not all your fucking health cares and your student loans and shit like that. No, but that's a very good point you made because the very fact that, like, again, this this liberal placating of, of the far right, which happens all the fucking time, and how they didn't do anything to, to you know, like, yeah, they made fun of them, but that's about it. They're like, oh, you yeah. you know, blah, the fucking, uh, oh, they're a bit chunky. You know, democracy like, died. Like, <laughs> democracy died on January 6th. Oh, yeah. Well, democracy dies in darkness. Uh, says the fucking know. thing owned by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I was gonna say, um, yeah, like, uh, for example, today we were making fun of uh, them a bit, but that uh, it's supposed to be a bit funny. This is uh, don't take the podcast too seriously. But uh, when it comes to ooh, serious liberal uh, fucking journalism, they didn't do much better than that either. There was not much like legitimate analysis. It was a lot of yeah, just kind of making fun of them and hoping they'd go away, uh, or outright like placating them, placating them, uh, which is the usual liberal stance on these sort of things. Whenever fascism rises. Um, usually there is a far far left countercurrent that uh, rises to 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 meet it, uh, and uh, as usual the liberals that are caught ooh in the rational center um, for some reason always run to the far right uh, either by uh, placating them as mentioned before or by directly joining them against the the, the communists and if we reach the point of of um, actual uh, civil I guess instability within the United States then I think we would have seen that happen again uh, like it's oh, happened yeah. in every different point in history uh, happened in Spain. Happened in Italy, happened in Germany. It would happen in the United States or wherever else you are um, if uh, the, the 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 far right were to actually either number one pose serious threat to the current ruling order or actually match the seize power in some way. Um, the liberals are spineless cowards who always um, will uh, try to defend to the death ooh, the right of the fascist to say what he wants uh, against, mm. of course, the rights of the communists to say what he wants um, because what the fascist wants at the end of the day is the maintenance of capital, the maintenance of the current ruling order, the maintenance of capitalism and the market system. Um, and that uh, means profits while the Marxists do not want <laughs> The, the the profits and the and the capital and the uh, yes the both constantly steer the conversation away from actual class discussion and like uh, Trump yeah. coming into power in 2016 and staying for four years uh, the 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 way the liberal analyze that situation is okay it cannot 
at all be a problem of the material circumstances in the US. It has to be a foreign power, a foreign influence, which has caused this. So we had insane conspiracy theories like Russiagate, etc., etc. Yesterday, I read a great article, uh, no, not a great tweet, but pardon me, but the articles are tweets at this uh, point in, in <laughs> our human uh, evolution, uh, that uh, the Chinese are somehow causing uh, school shootings <laughs> in the in the US uh, oh, yeah. by encouraging them <laughs> through TikTok. Uh, the, 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 the right winger points at the poor immigrant as the cause of everything wrong in their uh, culturally superior place of uh, birth and of life, while the liberal points at, uh, again, an evil foreigner, but an evil foreigner who somehow is growing too powerful for their own good, and in the name of their own people, they should go and teach them a strong, heavy-handed uh, lesson. And obviously that uh, heavy hand almost rarely drops on uh, the head, but on the body, which is the people of the country they're trying to liberate. But that's a topic for mm. another time. But yes, liberals, right-wingers, very often not only same goals as uh, Hakim and JT uh, presented, but very often same methodology, just uh, spiced up a bit different. Instead of an angry guy shouting at you through a YouTube screen, it's a short-haired gay woman on MSNBC telling you that uh, the vodka-chugging Russians are here to steal your democracy because they have a video of uh, your president peeing on prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> the frustrating thing about the, the liberal perspective on all of this, like when we're not in a period where there's a risk of uh, fascism becoming dominant and taking and seizing state power it's that they think the solution like all you have to do is just vote fascism out like i'm sure you guys have seen the meme of of the guy putting the ballot in the box and he's, and he's like next to hitler and he's like you're finished hitler uh, <laughs> that man's name <laughs> joseph stalin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, like trump lost and and they the liberals are all like oh we did it we beat fascism no you didn't you didn't beat fascism you will you don't understand how this works like the far right has grown under the biden administration like the, mm. their organizations may have shattered um but these people are still very much there and as long as the liberals refuse to have any kind of material analysis of why that's happening they're never going to understand it i think a point also to add on that is the fact that uh, fascism is imperialism turned inwards um yes and the very idea of liberals celebrating like oh we defeated fascism no you defeated what could have been the seed to grow a certain level of fascism within the united states despite the fact that the very very uh, not only nature of the united states but also uh its institutional position in the world as well as its foreign policy is very much fascistic um to the countries that it considers quote-unquote lesser um and that never changed. In fact, it gets sometimes even worse with, ooh, you know, the uh, bleeding heart liberal uh, Democrat uh, presidents. Um, let's not forget that uh, Clinton, uh, who was a darling of the fucking liberals, was uh, not Hillary. I mean, the 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 sexual predator, the other one. <laughs> the, the guy who has too many pictures next to Epstein. Um, yeah. An uncomfortable amount of photos next to Epstein. Uh, that guy uh, stood over an administration that basically... Um, starved over half a million Iraqi children 
uh, and uh, in order to distract from his, uh, you know, um, uh, diddling a, his secretary, uh, decided to bomb uh, Iraq and uh, also <laughs> the fucking the, bomb those dirty slabs <laughs> that, that you got think mentioned. Was that Clinton? Mm, was it that, that? All that beautiful depleted uranium, man. Yeah. Like I should thank uh, Bill for having such a massive cock because I'm pretty sure it's from the from the radiation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah, confused. Exactly. And, like a bit, um, I go to the locker room, and all the other boys. And uh, uh, when I go to the west in the locker room, and all the other boys have like uh, hair on their testicles. I still don't, but they're massive. So I, I call mm-hmm. them Bill, uh, Bill, and Hillary. Those are my two uh, ball sacks because <laughs> they're so lo- enlarged <laughs> thanks to good old depleted uranium being dropped on my house by. Uh, which is actually one one little thing, by the way. A shit ton of bombs were also dropped and depleted uranium on like the Albanians that they were saving, and like the cancer rates in Kosovo are one of the highest in Europe, if not the highest. It's it's um, the, the the imperialist is never your friend, even when they are bombing your enemy. Like trust yeah. me. Yes, sorry, Honestly, sorry for yeah. the little interlude about testicles. Yeah, no, it was beautiful. <laughs> I love interludes about your testicles. I like more of them. But yeah. <laughs> With this radiation, I'll probably get more of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in the same boat as you, man. I live, what, like 40 kilometers from, I think, one of the places with the largest uh, (laughs) deposits of... uh, Or not deposits, what the fuck. Largest amounts where it was fucking dropped. Anyways, uh, that's a stupid tangent for another day. Um, Leukemia and other types of cancer rates, by the way, in Iraq are fucking insane because of the 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 american war machine and how horrific imperialism is and that's something that the united states has never acknowledged nor will they ever do um and that's why uh eternally uh the tldr of what i was saying is yeah uh imperialism fascism is imperialism turned inwards the united states is very fascistic everywhere else around the world uh you didn't actually stop any fascism you just kind of reduced its uh, burden on you uh directly at home um i wouldn't kind of i wouldn't necessarily characterize that as a success that was a really important point, actually. With all that said, uh, let, let's enter into our favorite segment. Um, who is not white? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna name a random ethnicity, and then I want you guys to tell me if that would technically, under the Aryan definition, be considered white. <clears throat> Polish people. Ah, <laughs> American standards, white. <laughs> I'm actually, this is meant to be a stupid joke. Uh, but according yeah, actually, to Nazis, uh, not white. Yeah. According to. Yeah. Uh, if, if you were to be Polish-American, white. The Irish. <laughs> white. I'm just going to say white to everything. <laughs> white, uh, but partially because they were imperialized. So, so uh, man, I'm not American. White. I don't know this white-black thing. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. I mean, the, the, me- the meme of this entire bullshit that I'm – this very stupid joke that I'm doing is um, – the beauty of fascist movements is, is that they cannibalize themselves in the fact that if they they've never been successful, uh, but if they ever were to be successful, they have like a built-in um, self-destruct because the second all the you know ooh us filthy Semites are gone rid of and they get rid of all the quote unquote unsavory whites uh, such as yourself you got naked whatever mutt mix um, <laughs> JT is <laughs> <laughs> right then they're gonna end up with ooh beautiful Aryans um, but all of them have like you know different again the blood quantums right uh, and then it's like oh well you're you know zero point three percent fucking Irish so that makes you you know the the, the recessive the recessive genes to fucking Riverdance <laughs> means you're <laughs> genetically inferior and have to go into the incinerator and then they're going to kind of civil war themselves to into non-existence because uh whatever 
micro uh, ethnicity that they decide to identify as will basically devolve into into uh, finger pointing of oh you're not white you're not white and then nobody ends up being white um and uh, uh, that's the end of that movement um and that's exactly. the issues with exclusionary movements you tend to kind of want to exclude because once you exclude the enemy and then get rid of the enemy then you have to find a new enemy otherwise your ideology has no fucking point to compile and, and to kind of tie everything off very nicely, uh, there are several, several bullet points that we'd like to highlight. Fuck, I can't speak. That we'd like to highlight. <laughs> um, the first one being is no step on snake. All right. No. The second one being on is that um, the cardinal uh, identifying feature of a fascist is being a furry. Um, <laughs> the third one is <laughs> looking Prussian as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid and the fourth is uh that fucking dude the, the meme of the guy who turns his head and he's like oh you really make videos on youtube whatever and he's like yes but it fucking like you know what i'm talking about the, the peter peter sweden guy i don't fucking know you know exactly yeah. what i'm talking about and he's like this is a meme but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, fuck. and what, most what did jt no sorry. most importantly what jt said earlier uh oh no woman no more beautiful <laughs> <laughs> video game woman no beautiful okay. booba <laughs> So, 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 uh, social collapse is when Tifa's tits are made smaller in the new Final Fantasy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is what they took from you. All right, and that's it for this time. I'm Hakeem. <laughs> I'm JT. And I'm Yugopnik. No step on snake. No step on snake! <laughs>